Welcome to the Plant Cunning Podcast, where we explore a relationship to plants, other people, and the mysteries of nature. Coming to you from the High Allegheny Plateau in central New York, we are your hosts, A.C. Staubel and Isaac Hill. Episode 75, Arnima Pandir and Stories of a Spiritual Seeker and Finder. Arnima is a friend of mine who I met in my early 20s through an organization called TAT and uh, Art Tickner, who was on episode 34 of the Plant Cutting Podcast. She recently wrote a book with Art called Always Right Behind You, Parables and Poems of Love and Completion. In this episode, we speak with Arnima about what she knows for sure, who she really is. Growing up in rural India and moving to the U.S. to find her spiritual home, talk about fate and free will and all that fun stuff. So this episode really isn't about plants so much, but it is maybe about the deepest mysteries of nature. And I know some of you will enjoy it, and uh, for others, well, we'll have some more plant stuff next week. Um, Arnima will be speaking at the TAT meeting in April. I think it's like April 8th, 9th, and 10th in uh, North Carolina near Durham. I'll be there. Um, So if this is your cup of tea, you might want to check that out. Also, I'll have put out a bonus episode for the patrons by this time on Blagrave's Herbal Physic. Uh, He's a 17th century um, astrological herbalist uh, from England, and that's a really cool book, so I'm going to take a deep dive into that for the patrons. And I want to thank all of the patrons thank you so much for being a patron it really helps us to be able to do this and if you'd like to become a patron just go to patreon.com slash plant cunning okay hope you enjoy the episode okay so today on the plant cunning podcast i am very happy to introduce my friend and mentor anima pandir um so how are you today arma good i'm happy to be here isaac we're happy (laughs) to Yeah. We interviewed Art about this time last year, and mm-hmm. uh, it was it was really cool and different than a lot of other podcasts, more about mm-hmm. like herbalism or so on. Um, but I think that a lot of people will will be really interested in this, and uh, I'm excited to share, you know, you and and your story and your you know right. just an amazing person uh, with all of all the, my podcast community. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Isaac. I'm not sure I'm that amazing, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of your friend than your mentor also. I don't see myself as really a mentor. Well, you're, you're, like, uh, um, you know, someone further along the spiritual path that is a good example, you know. Yeah. So that's, uh-huh. that's always important to have <laughs> in your life. Yeah. Yeah, I think Isaac, you've just brought up art, obviously, because y'all are friends, but we also co-authored this amazing book, Always Right Behind You, which is uh-huh. a collection of really cool poems and stories and mm-hmm. um, beautiful insights. So, you know, we've been reading this and um, it's been really cool to kind of, for me, I haven't met you yet, even though you're Isaac's <laughs> friend, to kind of like get inside your head and, and, you know, understand a little bit. So it's a really yeah. great 
Uh, so yeah, this book we you know we started writing twelve years ago. So you can imagine I was <laughs> and writing or words or talking is not my strong forte, as you'd say. You know, <laughs> I'm not very good at that. So yeah, so it took. Then it went on a you know back burner, and then a couple of years ago I'd said you know my days are numbered. <laughs> I've, I had this dream that you know whatever just. So he said we need to wrap this project up. So and then it was COVID time. I think mm-hmm. it wasn't because just and it. I think everything has its time. You don't know when things happen, but yeah. So it got done pretty quickly, though it got started <laughs> whenever and uh, yeah, and it yeah. kind of evolved. I I didn't know what I was going to write about, and art has a different way of writing. I'm. You know, I'm thinking, should I, you know, what do you do? Should you copy him? <laughs> I've never taken any writing classes or anything like that. So, and as I said, I'm not good at writing. So I just wrote whatever inspired me, my path, my own stories. I thought, I thought I'll write this for my younger self. You know, someone who's might feel inspired. Uh, so this book was... So when I thought like that, then it started coming more easily, you know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think your 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 personality shines through oh, yeah. in it, and there's a lot of different stories and different con- like styles, you know. Which is, I, I I think that's fun. I I like that kind of book where you have, you know, poems and essays and short stories and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, are. When we interviewed Art, our first question to him was, um, what do you a know low, for sure? It's a lowball question. <laughs> low question. So, so we want to ask you the same question. What, what do you know for sure? <laughs> I, I know for sure who I am. <laughs> I, I, I know the source of who Isaac is. I know who Isaac is. I know who AC is. <laughs> and if even if you guys think you are separate from me, I don't uh, I don't see like that. And when I say namaste to you, uh, seriously, you know, when it just one day, when I, I, you know, I went back to India and I said namaste to someone and I started crying because I truly understood the, you know, the word. And I had you know, I'm Indian. I've, from day one, we are taught, oh, say namaste to your uncle. <laughs> but after so, you know, after that, that day, I just suddenly got it. Wow. So, so yeah, so, so I know hmm. what, when I say namaste. So I know that for sure. <laughs> the, the natural next question to that, though, is, is how? How do you know what you are? How do I know what I am? That's a good, that's a very difficult question, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I know what I am because it's not only, it, even this human consciousness the human, the human entity, Anima, is she knows it. Um, she experienced it. She got she got 
um, the conscious, the awareness got blown into it. So, and I, I just became that. <laughs> it wasn't, you know how you say, oh, you have to go inside, you fall into the source. You see, you hear all these words, but they are not just words. I said, they are true, they are truth. I know those, I know that state of falling into the source. And it is actually falling. You can't walk into it. You can't <laughs> decide to do anything. You just get like, so, and it wasn't just a mystical experience, you know, that I, I, I could imagine or I could think of. It wasn't just a creation of my imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the mind was still operating its level at its level. And yet, a mind was just going crazy. Oh my God, what is this? You know, the, the it, but it wasn't just that. It you, it's 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 true that you fall into the source, and I fell into it. So you know from experience, I guess <laughs> you can't really say. Yeah, but see, the experience comes and goes; it ends, right? Yes. And yet, so then. What does it, then that's the experience. You can't stay in that un, unmanifested state. The, the organism cannot operate from there. Yeah. You see? And uh, so uh, th- then that makes you, then suddenly what you would, what you've been seeking suddenly gets, Oh, this. <laughs> so then you, you know, you start to, it took me almost five, six, seven years to really, um, you know, to really grasp or the, for the, you know, just to, yeah, it, it took, it, it wasn't just, you know, um, oh, I'm, you know, I found it. <laughs> it's it's just like oh gosh what what like it's it's it was not easy it's not something that it's not pleasant in terms of body or nice or you know happy or joy whatever people say yeah but all those things come much before that Isaac you know the joy the the, the, I think whatever we associate with uh, enlightenment or waking up comes much, much just by the sheer process of seeking, self-inquiry, all those things, <laughs> because they're still, uh, you know, at the level, we exist at the level of duality, right? So when we are seeking through self-inquiry, when we're going through self-inquiry and asking questions or any seeking, meditating constantly and just looking for something out, outside of you, you know, something other than you, then um, as the self decreases, I feel your interest in your own, the self becomes less and less. And so the other aspects of life becomes much more livable. You know, you find your emotion, thoughts, becoming more, finding the equanimity within, um, uh, you know, the, just the suffering, the, the meaning of the words change. You start off with saying, oh, I'm, I want to end my suffering. That's what I thought. 
that I want to find a permanent end to my suffering. But then I had to really look at what, at some point, you know, I got questioned about what really is suffering? What does it mean to you? And when you start to look at that, what really is suffering? You know, is it just outside world, you know, tsunami came or the emotions or feelings or relationships or the worldly related suffering? Is it that? Or is it more internal? Or is it even more internal? You know, it's uh, like existential mm-hmm. <laughs> even. So yeah, the words, the love, the you know, the word love or happiness, that I'm seeking happiness. Really, what really is happiness? You know, you start to, when you start to inquire, and it's as simple as that. It's not something complicated. Whatever you feel you are looking for. And when you really start to, Think about that word itself, you know, suffering, happiness, or peace, capital P, peace, people talk about. Um, What does that mean to you in your context? And when you do that, if anything, self-inquiry in whatever, you know, we all understand the word in our own way. It becomes, it brings clarity. It brings clarity to your own thinking. And it's just, I think process of self-inquiry is bringing clarity, you know, just Mm. clearing out stuff that we believe about. It's it's a very organic process. I like that word. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So when you say self-inquiry, what exactly do you mean? Like, is it a specific process or in your years of self-inquiry, have you found ways to do it effectively or effectively in a group? Like what are, Mm -hmm. what are the ways you explore Mm -hmm. yourself? Yeah, so, you know, when you, the word self-inquiry at once brings, you know, Ramana Maharishi, <laughs> he's the one who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who's uh, used that word. And who, the question, who am I, right? Uh, that's, the, that's the basic foundational question <laughs> that comes. But it took me, you know, most of my inquiry wasn't about who am I, it wasn't a problem with my identity I was pretty good (laughs) happy with who I was you know whatever I knew of myself but just uh, unhappy that was the only problem that (laughs) who I thought I was was just so miserable (laughs) so my inquiry was basically it got ultimately just it does come to come down to really not you know who am I that but it didn't start off like that for me you know self-inquiry was more why am I so miserable why am I so irritated why do I nag Sharad so much or why is Sharad so irritating is my husband (laughs) 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 you know um, um, it's why am I suffering why you know and even addiction and what's addiction what's you know, so, uh, yeah, so inquiry to me, all that is also, was inquiry to me. It was smallest self-inquiry though. <laughs> and at some point in one of the, you know, just one of those regular Monday meetings, someone asked me, which, what does self-inquiry mean to you? And suddenly it struck me that all this while when I'm doing, you know, all this um, serious work and coming to the meetings and doing inquiry. Never once in my head have I inquired into really capital S self. 
that was so quite a shock to my ego and my pride you know here i am doing self inquiry talking about self inquiry it's just, uh, meeting art and everybody else on you know for all this and yet i i never really inquired into capitalist self and never thought about it never you know you and it's all about attention is he amazing you know it's just so and this group work doing the group work with other um, uh, seekers they are so uh, they are the teachers they were really my teachers uh-huh. i can say because you see yourself in them you see yourself in their struggles and they are the ones who ask you questions that you can't see in yourself they can see things in you <laughs> and they ask you and that that was just so helpful i think yeah mm. just the group work and my fellow seekers i'm so indebted to them mm. and there were people younger people young kids like isaac <laughs> <laughs> yeah so arnima what what brought you to that point were you always a seeker or uh, when did that become a conscious activity for you mm. so yeah you know growing up isaac i wasn't Mm, uh, I grew up in a small little village back in India, and my dad was alcoholic, and so it was a very alcoholic environment. I was, I was just unhappy as a child. I was anxious. I was worried. I was. It wasn't a good place, and I blamed my dad for it. You know, I thought he, if he, only if he can stop drinking, only if, and it was a very very severe alcohol problem, like. early in the morning as soon as he get up and we i would be hiding his bottles as kids my mom was just a very miserable alcohol driven environment so but at some point when i was 15 or 16 he developed some sort of a you know his body just gave up he got so sick that he had to give up alcohol and he was artist at at his heart and he was sort of a you know weird strange kind of seeker in the sense he would fast on mondays do his meditation morning and evening sometimes when he remembered on his sober days or not but then he sobered sobered up and he became at that time i think osho was becoming popular with certain indian mindsets but overall people didn't like osho very much because of you know he was just so <laughs> whatever he said <laughs> so he became a osho sanyasi and he be- it became more directed his path became more directed and when his path became more directed we had a little osho center in dehradun we lived in a small town you know <laughs> so he we would go with him on sa- sa- sundays or saturdays and we do like osho has these really in- uh, interesting meditation techniques <laughs> dynamic meditation kundalini meditation nad brahm is more just for all kinds of i think he's he's kind of really driven by gurdjieff i think he was inspired by <laughs> that's my suspicion uh-huh. but He That's really it's, it's interesting. Huh. Yeah, so his his medit and my dad would go for retreats like for force, and he would come and tell us like you'd wear mask for three days or four days. It's like all about 
looking at your identity from different angles. But I was like, uh, I was 15, 16, mostly went there for food and good music. Gurdjieff <laughs> or Osho's um, satsangs and his meditation techniques had really interesting music, you know, <laughs> I liked music. So, uh, so yeah, so we, that was, and before that also, I, on my own, I read Raj Yoga and I would try to figure out, oh, meditation. I did, you know, you're Indian, you live in that environment. So at some point you learn to do pranayam at 10, 12, at some point you did it, you know, it's just like part of village life, right? <laughs> you see people, I'll talk about the yoga that I saw and the yoga now sometime later, but yeah, so there was a some sort of foundational uh, meditation thing which I didn't associate as meditation, but looking back, that was it. You know, just controlling your breath, doing breathing exercises, looking at your breathing, going in. You know, just part of yoga, part of meditation, whatever. So, but doing those um, Osho meditations really. That was the, my first, uh, you know, formal or more active meditation. And then, yeah, so on and off, I would do it. My sister, my younger sister, she was very disciplined. And my dad had this thing about getting up at four or five o'clock in the morning and doing it, you know, first thing. And I hated getting up in the morning. So he and I always had a big fights about, oh, why do I have to get up? <laughs> you know, <laughs> morning time is the best time of the day. You should do use it. And <laughs> so he he and I, all, I always had to not want to do things that he asked me to do anyway. Uh, so that is, yeah. <laughs> and he would ask me questions like, who is this aware? You know, you say, who is this aware? So that's, so at some point, you know, I thought, who, who is this about? And then I realized, really, there is a, you know, there is a movie going on where things happen and I'm in it and I, I can watch myself. It's like I could watch myself. <laughs> so it's like a switch. I, I think everybody has it. And one day you realize you really are doing that. You know, it's not something that you know, divine intervention or something magical happened. It's just that you you see that you you can observe it. It's a it's the way mind is. Human beings can see that. You know, all human beings can see that. It just needs to get. You, you just have to take. Somebody has to point it to you, bring to your attention, and when it's brought to your attention, and you think about it, it's it's really it's it's as simple as that. So. So yeah, so about, yeah, but you know, at that point in time, I saw that I, you know. Yeah, you, you can yeah. observe yourself. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you're, you're aware of things. I wouldn't yeah. even call it too much of, yeah, you, you see yourself doing things, you see yourself acting, reacting, your emotions, your thoughts, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so what brought you to the US? Um, so yeah. So when I was, again, it's, you know, bring, going growing up in that little place, my future was, you know, you turn 21, 22, get married, find a Rajput boy. <laughs> and marriage was such a, you know, thought of marriage was like, oh, suffocate. 
<laughs> I couldn't imagine myself, uh, you know, getting married and being a wife and just living in one big household with making rotis and khana for the rest of us taking care of. <laughs> and I went to a small school where I was exposed to, I had, you know, access to library. And my mother was a reader and she bought us books. And at that point in time, India and Russia were friends. So we'd get this Russian <laughs> literature, Maxim Gorky, and, you know, these colorful books, Russian books. And also, to me, I was very, um, I have an adventurer in me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I, I felt I'm, I, you know, this in this life I need to, it's a, life is an adventure. I have to, I read um, Exodus and I want to go to Israel, you know, I read Roots and I became Kunta Kinte. <laughs> so, you know, books or uh, movies even, I love movies, I love books, I love going into that magical, imaginative <laughs> world so so yes and I realized that if no matter how well I do in India I'll never have uh, dollars to go go on that kind of an adventure so uh, so yeah so I applied to some university got accepted for my MBA program my aunt and uncle lived in Canada so it became a little easier yeah so that's how I landed up and then I got married so we came to Pittsburgh so and Pittsburgh is where you met art yes the day you know it's so amazing Isaac the you know we moved to Pittsburgh and uh, Sharad and I moved to this little apartment and he was going to Carnegie Mellon I didn't have a visa or anything and I was just looking at the posters like things to do or whatever and I saw art's poster right then it's like as long as I've been married or moved to uh, U.S. I met uh, the group in like second week so <laughs> really? yeah and I've ever since I'm stuck like yeah. things, I get stuck <laughs> <laughs> usually I'm I'm a, you know I'm almost ADD ADHD person <laughs> so uh, things for me to um, so that just this thing about you know just what felt so just happened for me I felt I was moved to Pittsburgh by the universe Mm-hmm. Uh, to to just to meet art and to meet to come across that and to go through this process of which I never you know I, I never imagined anything like that I never imagined this life <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well it's it's kind of funny because there's this trope and, and it's been you know a trope for like uh westerners to go to India to seek enlightenment yeah. For uh-huh. this time of like Plotinus, you know, yes. <laughs> from from Egypt to, to go. Yes. To, uh-huh. But uh, you came from India to the U.S. and found like a uh, a bunch of people out in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, and yes, and it was just so different from my mentality. What I had known, you know, like who'd ever put like you know your TM meditation. You can do that in your grave. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rose said that that was just so like shock to my thinking and you know doubt is sacred you never how can you doubt your guru your teacher what is his words are you know um word of lord and or 
so really you start to and really who are these deities who are these gods <laughs> doubting them can you imagine so yeah so it was just such a different you know it's like east is east and west is west and never the twain shall meet <laughs> it's it's very different two very very different mindsets do you think there's something to that um like being confronted with a, a very different mindset helps you to see the mindset that you have more clearly. Like for instance, like, yeah, like, like art studied with Rose for so many years and then met Douglas Harding, which was a very different mm-hmm. mindset, which then allowed him, you know, <laughs> so yeah. did, did you see that happening for you? Like even with na- na- Namaste, as you were saying, like it's, mm-hmm. you, it was, you took it for granted, you know, it's a part of yeah. your mm-hmm. life, but seeing it with new eyes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So the big, the biggest difference you see, Isaac, when you, as soon as you land here, is how individualistic society here is, mm. you know, individuals, and how collective my Eastern upbringing was. Everything is about, you know, uh, family, parents, your role in society, your roles. I, I almost, you know, at some point, oh my God, I'm getting, you know, this is all I'll ever, ever be. But uh, that's all you know. And when you come here, you realize, oh my God, I'm an individual. You know, I people ask me, what do you want? <laughs> and you're not considered selfish, self-centric, and, you know, you're not labeled with those words. Uh, and even when, as soon as the child is born, you know, they're, they're treated differently here. Which I don't know if it's a good thing or bad or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, Too much it, is. Of- <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. is. It is, I guess. <sighs> yes. Yeah. It's very so, different. East is East and West are two very different. It's almost like, uh, you know, a very feminine. Ultimately, if you're deeper, if you look deeper, it's a very feminine and masculine way of thinking. Two different mm-hmm. ways of thinking i think west is more masculine than yeah uh, east more mm-hmm. yeah more head individual mm-hmm. and left brain maybe yeah um so, so did you uh get a chance to meet uh richard rose uh only one time so uh, when i moved he was already in the in nursing home mm-hmm. uh, so cc once took me you know Mm-hmm. So I met Mr. Rose and he was in the nursing. He was just, you know, he had this brightest, bluest eyes, Isaac. That's all I remember about Mr. Rose. He was just so, and I, I felt, you know, this is, he has Alzheimer's, the physical brain is uh, going, but is there something in him that can look into me or I can seriously I felt that kind of you know and he looked at you very mm-hmm. intently very deeply mm. uh, I that was my f- impression of him about <laughs> it it might just be my imagination <laughs> uh-huh. yeah my projection yeah but yeah I felt that is hmm. so uh what what was the rest of your your journey like uh before you found um you know what you are <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah you know i i tried can i just tell 
Sharad and Kabir, can you please, guys, be quiet? I'm, yeah, thank you. So, sorry. <laughs> this is my family, my dog. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you know, I, I did Reiki. <laughs> two, I think two, three levels of Reiki at some point. Um, I did Osho meditations. I did, what else? You know, just... I tried to uh, become part of Gita study group in Pittsburgh. I did Buddhist um, um, meditation or, you know, the chanting thing for some time. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, comes along and you don't know what you're doing. So you, you, you become curious and when you do so yeah but you know it was really amazing Isaac once I realized that once I found um, the Monday self-inquiry group my all my all my inner need or curiosity or to go to find teachers or even you know everybody would go to Douglas Harding so, <laughs> I'll edit it Okay, so yeah, so uh, yeah, it, it just, it got, I never felt any need after that, you know, hmm. uh, yeah. So you found what you were looking for with that group? Yeah, I didn't see it like that, but just, it just, you know, what I was doing with it was maybe with so much intensity, I guess. <laughs> yes, that. Yeah. But there, there was a fear, Isaac, that, you know, I may by, am I just kidding myself? Or is it, what if on my dying day, I realize, oh, I should have done that. I should have, you know, gone to that retreat or seen that teacher or everybody in, you know, people had their favorite teachers and still trying to find things and um, so I did I have this had this fear of regret what if I didn't I haven't I realized that I didn't try hard enough <laughs> or, yeah so yeah and so that was kind of like fuel fuel yes finding yeah mm-hmm. um I think well so in this in, in this book I always right behind you one of my favorite pieces from it was your story of the snake charmer <laughs> I I love yes. that, and it uh, would, but it, it seems like. Well, well, would you mind? Would you mind sharing it? If you yeah, it's a it's actually a true story, uh, Isaac. So it, my 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 grandmother lived in a small town, uh, and for the first five years of my life, I lived with her. My grandparents uh-huh. they lived in a small house, and yeah, they were this money ram snake charmer and he would come and show us the snakes and one time he out of the bushes he caught five snakes different kinds and he, I knew how he you know he showed us showed me how he took out the poisonous fangs like that and now he the snakes are not poisonous enough so uh, so yeah he he was kind of a, my grandmother's my grandparents friend kind of he'd come once in a while and um uh, then eventually he died of snake bite. Snake yeah. bit. Yeah. 
So it was, it was just as one of the things I always remembered that yeah. how, you know, life. Yeah. Well, a lot of the stories in here um, and the pieces of writing that, especially from you seem to be about death, mm. you know, and you also share of the, of the, the story of how your, your cousin mm. died at a young age. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that, um, death is sort of that ultimate question that drives a lot of people. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So Mm. what, what do you think death is? What, what, what do you, what do you think will happen to you after you die? Do you know? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I do know. (laughs) Yeah. See, um who i am it it who i am is beyond death it can't die so you know one day i questioned myself again <laughs> that really you know i think what really is you know how do i know for sure what how how death is going to what death will look like you know, how do you know? How do I know unless and until an experience happens, right? I haven't experienced death myself yet. That's what I feel. This body hasn't, right? The body. So am I going to, how am I going to react? So I had this dream. Uh, I said that I'd gone to Tat. I'm returning from, I'd gone to Tat meeting in all the, you know, in West Virginia. Um, and um, the meeting got over and I'm coming back to Pittsburgh and I'm driving through the hills, Right. And I used to have the CRV and suddenly it's like dusk time and my CRV flew off the ridge of the mountain and I start to go down. And you know how in uh, dreams, everything happens in slow motion. <laughs> so it's like, and I know, and I can see my thoughts, you know, I'm thinking, oh, so, you know, I'm flying off the, uh, you know, the road and into the ditch now and I'm going to hit and uh, and what I'm feeling amazed is that I'm not panicking. And that's a You know, I'm not afraid. I'm not panicking. But I'm curious. Oh, that, Then I start thinking, oh, now I'm going to face death. I'm going to see what death looks like. What? And, you know, so, um, so I'm, it's dark. It's getting darker. And uh, I'm, and then I thought, I think that, you know, I'm so curious about death. Who is this curious? And, I, and then I realized that, you know, the one who's curious is already dead. You know, she, she just gone, she, she is already dead. And who I am cannot, it's beyond that. You know, oh, that is also part of the dream. <laughs> you know, the one who was born is dead already. So, mm-hmm. and I never crashed. The dream got over, I don't know at some point. But, but seriously, that the dream really showed me what brought clarity kind of i would say so what do you think of things like um reincarnation like were you raised with that belief and (laughs) (laughs) it it doesn't it doesn't get my interest uh isaac to tell you the truth uh i uh, you know i don't care what i was what i'll be what you know Every night you go to sleep, right? A new dream comes up. You see it, it goes. 
you know what so what mm -hmm. <laughs> again you know i but yeah but i think uh, you know the the critter and it does get curious about you know where does how does absolute finds its inspiration <laughs> how does it make you know all this comes out of it and all this goes into it it doesn't have any you know it's like supreme intelligence and uh, so i get all excited <laughs> to know the thought of that you know how it's and to me the world is mirroring uh, that supreme intelligence you see how quickly things are changing social media covid whatever so, so all that to me is all the time constantly is a is that supreme intelligence manifesting itself so i have a question yes um, what is the ego <laughs> you should what is not ego <laughs> <laughs> you should ask that seriously when you when you really start to look you know that's what i found that anything or everything that i knew um is ego is the i sense you know i me sense i sense it's the individuality it's the it's not just pride and it's not just you know me my my myself <laughs> it's not just that it's it's that core i sense uh and yeah it's uh, so i i realized that even the 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 desire for enlightenment is a desire of the ego you know and how do you remove get the get rid of the penny it's like penny hiding the sun you know that's the um, famous pullian quote <laughs> that i loved so much so my ultimately it was about how do i get myself out of the way you know how does penny how to get rid of the penny so it's like self something outside of ego becomes so important to it that it's ready to sacrifice itself ultimately <laughs> so yeah but it's all ego game you know even even wanting to sacrifice yourself is the ego thought <laughs> so how does um how does that in in this in the book you talk about like nuts and nuts and bolts like what what some good attitudes to for to help your your search be, become successful and one of the things you talk about is accepting the limited self right and i think that's very important and how do you reconcile that like accepting the limited self with like wanting to transcend the limited self yeah see un without i don't think you can really progress unless and until you really accept your human self you know all your desires fears limitations good bad no. and ugly side of you and believe it or not isaac whatever if it is in there in this it will surface it will come up you know it will get looked at um somehow it's just part of getting clarity and it's not about fixing also you know and you you really can't fix <laughs> fix it much and 
another thing about self inquiry is so amazing or when you really look at something or something gets in your view it has this self correcting mechanism inbuilt you know um it just things get you know aligned with the nature with even not just limited self you you see your place in the i feel this is also something that seekers do just take it for granted you know aligning yourself with nature you know mm-hmm. um uh yeah how you are a little clog in uh-huh. this big big you know brahman universe and yeah in your role in it mm-hmm. that too that's so something- that that is your projection but but yes and i think it's very it's, and just understanding your body also i feel if i ever open a school of self inquiry one of the basic um uh, courses that everyone should must take is your studying your endocrine system you know how your <laughs> your yeah your brain works how your glands work and they're so important i feel mm-hmm. your physiology even you know Yeah, it seems like well, it, it's it's also interesting compared to somebody like Richard Rose who was very like trying to to transcend nature and fight nature in a way. <laughs> no, Isaac, I don't think so. Okay. I think he he really brought I think reading Mr. Rose or understanding he really if you read his um, essays, you know, he really to me i think he was he was really brilliant in making i i tried i started seeing studying myself as an organism after reading mr rose you know he said men are all roosters <laughs> and women are all what butterflies trying to find the best sperm for their egg just by that m- mere statement you know and he was very much i i i felt he was very much in tune to really looking at nature and you know his is my favorite paper truth and transmission that little booklet yeah. yeah so it's he i don't think he undermines his of course you know you transcend it how do you tra- how can you tra- you transcend the only way you can transcend something is when you know it right mm. you can't just deny it you can't yeah or something else takes so so much of your attention that doesn't matter that that's the way to but you know well so this is like looking into the robot like right mm-hmm. looking into the programming the desires and motivations mm-hmm. yeah so where those desires and motivations come from if not from it's biological age it's uh, you know your circumstances really just looking at what is that desire trying to satisfy mm. yeah yeah you, you <laughs> i i've heard you say a lot of times you know asking people like what do you really want uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah that just seems so wise to me it's it for anybody whether or not they're like on the path towards enlightenment or or they're a healer or a magician or whatever yeah. to know what you want and to like look into your motivations uh is the most important thing like if if you're just doing like magical workings for instance mm-hmm. um for things that you don't even really want when they happen that you're going to be stuck with that or when you're yeah. building your life towards something that you 
think you want that society has been telling you you want like a, a shiny car and uh you know whatever <laughs> uh, mcmansion <laughs> then when you get that and you've built your whole life for that then uh-huh. you don't really want it <laughs> uh, no isaac here is the thing you know no matter what path you take uh, be it the path of a, as a magician or be it path as a healer or be it any path you know as a lover as a musician and if you're really you're you're being your spirit something in you gets like it grows up you know ultimately the satisfaction of being i think all we are programmed to be better you know <laughs> ultimately we program unless and until you reach that capital p perfection of being the capital m magician something in you will not be able to stop you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it'll be like oh i can learn that i can learn that i can learn that but something you do you inside of you will not stop unless until you become that capital m magician capital m musician where all you know which is the source of all the source of all music source of all magics the master musician the master magician master healer where all the you know sickness comes from and where all the <laughs> cure also comes from right so i so yeah so i don't think uh, if you're really Uh, get tuned into if you're really tuned into being if you're really truly are a magician you know at heart at your in your bones you know whatever sometimes we just we are you know we're just doing it that's why it's important to know what you really want you know not pretending you know you take up oh i want to be this i want to be that mm-hmm. i want to be a teacher a doctor whatever but it's just a profession right mm-hmm. yeah but what do you really want and that kind of brings it to that you know that fun discussion about like free will versus i mean fate like if if you're following your truest desire you're uncovering your desire is that free will and what what does what is free will can you is it is it something you can like have, have or build or grow or <laughs> sorry evil <laughs> uh i you know when i really started this was again this is one of those important questions that get asked <laughs> what is free will when whether you make choices so when when you see the ro- robot you know the robotic way life gets lived it just you know it's free will comes free will comes in only after <laughs> you know before that it's just your it's action and reaction but when you become see i i really have this theory that um, man cannot is not capable of committing sin because <laughs> unless unless somebody is 
aware, you know, where you have to be aware of good and bad, right? If somebody is just driven by, Toby cannot make wrong choices, right? So it's, it just depends upon how awake you are. And then a uh, little bit, and now uh, I think free will only, uh, no, I don't know. Human being is acting, reacting machinery, unless something. Yeah, it's it's like it's kind of it comes through. Sometimes we do things which are which we weren't expecting, right? Yeah, <laughs> Intuition yeah. and then all that, uh, you know. You you being used as a puppet, <laughs> but yeah. master puppeteer. Yeah. So yeah, all all comes from there. Even my desire to have a Pepsi or a Coke is <laughs> <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it seems like um, that inquiry into the the organism and like the the drives, the desires, and the fears gives the possibility of free will potentially. If you can see how the robot is functioning become aware of how the robot is functioning, you have the potential choice to program it differently, maybe, or to make different choices. Uh, see, so our desires and fears are the ones that give direction to our life. Uh-huh. You know, our, uh, that's how our life that gives direction but when you when you you can you know man cannot once as i said if it is in its purest form desire is the power of desire is such that it will just ignite you <laughs> you you can't rest then uh-huh. once you get you know whatever desire it is and uh, uh, so it's uh, but are you the source? When I are you the are you are you the one that chose that desire, or the, you got chosen by the desire? Mm. I feel yeah. So again, uh, you can yeah you you do whatever it takes to satisfy that <laughs> that fire you know that desire has caused you, or, uh, because it's it's uncomfortable. Mm. Desire is not you know when desire gets or fear or whatever, it's it's not comfortable. Then human being does, you know, as a human being, you do whatever it takes to cure that pain, right? So is that free will? <laughs> yeah, we do have choice of, you know, what, what if you're sick or if you're in pain, you do whatever it takes to take care of that pain, right? Mm, yeah. But is that free will? Or is it is free will when I choose my desire. I'm okay, you know, I know, you know, it's not like I, I, I'm being chosen by the desire. Yeah, and why do you want to choose that desire? I mean, yes. Desire too, right? <laughs> but at the same time, I think that you have to act as if you have free will or, I mean, yeah, it's like you can't say that you don't have free will as, mm-hmm. as much as you can't say that you do. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, you know, compared to Toby, 
<laughs> I am self-aware. I am, you know, I can, I'm, I can make wiser choices <laughs> as a human being. Though if you look at the condition of the world, you doubt that. <laughs> yeah, so, so free will. You know, it just, it's, it's again, it's one of those words that changes its meaning for you as you, as you look, I guess. Mm. This kind of brings up another question that I wanted to ask you when I was reading through the nuts and bolts section of, it's basically like preparing your mind for this experience of understanding to happen. And there's one that's about glad acceptance or peace. And I took it as a way of, it's like cheerful acceptance, a way of just sort of um, accepting what happens in life. Mm -hmm. But something that came up for me was um, how do you know when something that life is being thrown at you, something that life throws at you is actually just like an abusive situation or something. And you feel like, oh, I'm just cheerfully accepting this, but really what you need is to get out of a toxic job or toxic relationship, you know? So how do you um, recognize when there needs to be action taken versus when you need to change your attitude and just peacefully accept life? Mm -hmm. So easy. First of all, I don't believe that if somebody is stepping on your foot, you don't push them away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. <nice>. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you, you know, somebody's going to just prick you or just being a jerk around you, obviously, yeah. are you going to react, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless you start to see that, oh, I'm going to be so compassionate and loving and kind that, uh, you know, that's not how you live life. Uh-huh. so glad acceptance is to me is the glad acceptance that yes I'm a human being and I'm going to react and I'm going to have a toothache and I'm going to whine and crib and uh, my spouse is being you know whatever I'm going to whatever do whatever it takes you know that's glad acceptance (laughs) that makes more sense I I should be this I should be so good I should be a kind mother and <laughs> and glad acceptance is also I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm not as good a parent I'm, but I'm trying my level best what else can you do <laughs> you know yeah you know reading books about whatever you know the parenting or um, just stuff how your brain works how your you know yeah mm-hmm. so you live your life in total acceptance then <laughs> good bad and ugly there you go okay that yeah. makes a lot of sense yeah so glad I asked uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but there is you know there are times where even resignation you know just like oh my god this is so awful mm-hmm. like grief for example you know it's mm-hmm. painful you, uh, but that's glad acceptance of that pain Mm. You know, yes, I can't help it. I can't short circuit it. I just have to live with it. And, you know. Right. Because the more you resist, the more Uh it persists. And so it's, you know, accepting that that is your path. Like grief is your current journey rather than resisting is going to help you move through it. It's kind of like a bad trip. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my understanding of the word. Thank you. Yeah. Um, another, another thing that I had that I wanted to ask another question I had was about 
obstacles that you've seen in other seekers um, over the years? Because you've been involved working one-on-one with people and in small groups, and you've seen a lot of, of spiritual seekers, um, you know, in various situations. But yeah, what, what do you see as some of the most common obstacles that people deal with? And yeah, how do you <laughs> overcome them? I, I, you know, I just get dumbstuck <laughs> and I just don't know what else to say when people get to that point. Oh, there's nothing to be done. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing to be done. There's no doing. Yes, there's, there's no need. There's nothing to be done. And, you know, everything is good and whatever. So, and see, to me, it's like this, uh, I think. We, you know, as uh, we are in a movie theater, right? As a, you, you can be the, the one audience. You can be, you are the character in the movie. There's the screen behind it. There's a projector room, someone who's directing, uh-huh. right? And then uh, at, at some point, people get to that point of, as human beings, again, it's, but it's relative. See, you become aware of the blank screen. You realize that things, you know, the characters, and yet, the, 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 you see that everything is uh, happening on the screen and these are just, people get that view. You know, that's not, that's, as human beings, it's, it's our, we, we can, we have that in us to be able to see that, you know? And yet then people become so the thing that, oh, they feel, once they see it, I think there's a relief, kind of a such a big relief that they're, you know, they've seen this that they they think they've found. Maybe, you know, each one of us is looking for different things. Who needs? Who who can tell that this is not it or whatever? You know, I feel if you think that this is what you found it, okay, then good for you. However, I feel that, you know, just keep. Is this? If this satisfies you, good you know, good for you. But in my mind, I, I feel that uh, it's not it's not the capitalist satisfaction yet. The, the personal, it's like finding the big, realizing the big mind, but you're still, there are, uh, you know, the, the small mind has not yeah. Uh, not got lost yet, you know, not broken its boundaries yet. There are still boundaries around the small, around this, you know, there's still boundaries here. Mm. Mm. So I think part of that though is like, is what we were just talking about with free will is like from a certain perspective, there's nothing to be done. Yeah. But at the same time, if you, just say there, you know, there's nothing to be done and then don't do anything <laughs> and you just get stuck <clears throat> in the same place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's difficult. It's tricky and it's easy. It seems easy to want to be done. See, see do- no, I said, this is another thing which I really appreciate learning from the group, you know, from Mr. Rose is self-honesty. Ah, Yeah. You yes, and that's what keeps you on track. Just mm-hmm. being honest with your own self. 
and mm-hmm. you you know this is not a path about anybody else you can't take some someone with you you can share it you know you i and i don't believe in transmission and somebody else can do it for you or mm-hmm. stop your head or whatever and i feel maybe it's just me that unless mm-hmm. until you the pers- the 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 seeker has made that effort and done it by themselves somehow it's it's that you know it's it's the game it's a hide and seek you you found it you know you found yourself right so yeah so no one else can walk the valley for you yeah 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 no one else can taste the sugar for you <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and that that comes to this concept uh, you talk about mental hygiene mm. being self honest with yourself as a way of keeping your mind clean and on 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 task mm-hmm. yeah that's really crucial Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other ways um, do you, um, you know, keep your mind fresh and clean? <laughs> the only way is he, your mind can stay clean and hygienic is if you don't live in society. You know, you live so far <laughs> away in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're in the world, if you're interacting with other humans. <laughs> were as annoying or as insane as you are <laughs> then uh, it's it's hard to keep it you know then good luck <laughs> <laughs> i see i love it yeah. <laughs> well, Arma, I think this has been a really amazing conversation and I've been, you know, I've had a lot of a great time. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the, uh, the listeners before we, we move on? Um, no, not really. Just, you know, good luck. It's, it's possible. Of course, right. you know, every, each and every one, that's the, you know, that's the beauty of it. Each and every one is has the potential. It's just and it, and it's not hard. It's not right. difficult. It's not complicated. It's all about um, attention. You know, keeping just bringing your attention to it and and keeping your head on it. You know, yeah. so yeah. And um, you so uh, you know, in whichever direction have you have you noticed? Like YouTube is so amazing. Whatever you know, you. Put in the words, and suddenly the whole there's you can be you know there's the whole universe that opens up for you, <laughs> which you had no idea about you know no idea what it is. It's just yeah. the same thing. It's, it's and I think the world is because the universe is so much aligned with with the so whichever whichever direction your awareness tra- turns, it starts lighting up there. You know if you're looking, <laughs> whatever you look at, so. So yeah, it's possible, and it's if you really want it, it's it's all about turning your attention towards it. It's it's as easy as simple as that. Yeah, I see. I I know some uh, spiritual practitioners or teachers who don't want to talk about their spiritual experiences because they think that it can give people like um, unrealistic expectations or transfer like guru worship onto them or stuff like that. And I understand that perspective too, but I also do see why some like knowing that it's possible, you mm-hmm. know, knowing that yeah. it's possible, it, it gives you sometimes that, that energy to keep going or like mm-hmm. a guiding star to. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. and isaac you'll be amazed you know it's 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 like uh, you get example you know you see milestones you once you start it's like magic starts to happen in your <laughs> <laughs> seriously uh, so that's that keeps you but you shouldn't what happens is we we get stuck with it you know some we get we start to think oh my god this is it mm. just keep your you know if you keep your eyes on the highest peak and the mm. highest peak then all these things happen you enjoy the ride but your eyes your eyes will remain there right yeah. and things and you your path will become more straight versus mm. uh, uh, going haywire you know going on tangents though you get curious you're a human being <laughs> what <to do? laughs> yeah you know you'd get right. yeah but that's okay too but but if you i think if you keep the highest the bestest um goal or however you see it you know in mind uh it it just it it, it becomes easier mm. yeah and your highest magical <laughs> yeah yeah everything will align itself to help you yeah and something that you said in your book that um you were inspired by something art said to you that it was um you just got to follow a feeling and so often when we think about enlightenment experiences we think about our head and it's like all about our mind but feelings i feel like are so associated with the heart <clears throat> and I don't know. I just I wonder um if it's like more than just a mind experience if it's like a whole spirit experience, whole body experience, an emotional experience like it's a um you you see that's the problem uh, between uh you know a male and a female state of mind. Mm-hmm. Women get too stuck with their feelings and mm-hmm. you know heart and but can you really if you really look can you really trust that it changes my feelings oh yeah <laughs> it's it's so hormone driven and it just changes so quickly unless and until uh, you find a way of keeping it you know present you'll be less inspired some days you'll be more inspired another day some days right. you'll lose all interest you know you <laughs> throw it out of the window you've done too much yeah. some days they'll be like oh my god how did it, you know i need to do so you know you more there's more fire in you so that's that's so i i didn't trust my feelings as much uh, though being a woman you can't avoid it but mm-hmm. use your you know self inquiry is a double edged sword and you have to use both sides you know your mm-hmm. intellect also you know make what does make common sense ask yourself <laughs> why am i why do i want to depend on my feelings and my heart so much mm-hmm. i do have a brain perfectly better brain probably than a man's brain <laughs> <laughs> and i i do feel ac that you know as women nature has programmed us such that we forget we tend to forget too quickly but if we once you make up your mind once a woman makes up her mind the path is much much shorter because surrender and acceptance to us come so much more naturally whereas a man is a warrior you know he has to fight <laughs> the surrender and the so so yeah i think that's 
that's the difference between the two however you can't every man is also a woman and every woman is also a little bit of a man so you have to find the you know you can't be identified with this or that the point is about losing your identity right <laughs> so totally uh-huh yeah and it's also you know easy to get stuck in the mind yeah the co- concepts and conceptual frameworks and mm. <laughs> circles that of <too>. thought <laughs> we got to balance them Mm-hmm. yeah so so mind gets uh, confronted you know when you see something that is that's beyond the realm of the mind you know mind only has mm. so much of re- imagination so it, it gets questioned uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it's not the boss it doesn't know everything it can't Mm-hmm. really understand you cannot understand your way also to truth you know no <laughs> mm-hmm. understanding is it required but uh, yeah 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 and you have to tr- try as i mean oh. seems to me you got to try try to try to understand as much as you can and yeah. you know use the tools mm-hmm. that you have access to that you have mm-hmm. to, to and, use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and the word understanding brings clarity mm. uh, you know it brings clarity so when people say oh i've stopped reading books now i've stopped doing this i've stopped doing that seriously unless until you found it you know you you need how can you stop <laughs> have you found it <laughs> yeah so so yeah hmm. but well, then your your own intention you have to see that with what intent am i am i trying to increase something am am i really or is it am i trying to find clarity am i find, trying to find an answer to my question why am i doing what i'm doing you know this is again one of those mr rose's gift <laughs> yeah you are looking at your motives and your intent yeah. behind your actions and reactions well that's why clarity is so important because how do you tell yeah you know? <laughs> true and you, to have clarity uh, i think you have to the human mind lives in duality so you have to see both sides and that's the only way you get clarity otherwise yeah yeah so that's another good reason for group work yeah <laughs> other people point out things you can't see yeah, yeah. yes definitely all right guys well thank well, you th- yeah. so much it was really really nice talking with you and yes. thanks for taking the time to be on our podcast <laughs> absolutely thank okay. you guys thank, thank you, you. Mm-hmm. bye see you night bye <laughs>